How's it going? Welcome to another episode of Not Rocket Science Podcast, episode 17. 17. So this podcast can go to Rated R Movies now. Alright, it is Thursday, August 9th. Normally, I do these podcasts a little later in the week or earlier in the next week, depending on my schedule. I usually shoot for doing them on the weekends, and if I cannot, I usually do them that Monday, but it's my birthday weekend, son, and I'm going to the beach Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday I'm working from my parents' house in New Jersey, so... I don't have time to record any episodes other than maybe Monday evening, but I don't want to do that. That's weird. Um, Plus, I usually release by Monday evening, so it's cutting things a bit tight. So, here we are, doing this bad boy on Thursday. Um, I guess I'll start this out as I normally do. Given my weather report, getting my Al Roker on, um, kind of sucks. Because while today and tomorrow are looking a little hot, a little warm, a little sunny, this weekend it's going to be thunderstorms on and off high in the upper 70s when I'm at the beach. Awesome. What am I supposed to do with that? Upper 70s and thunderstorms fantastic happy birthday to me um hey i guess we're just gonna roll with the punches and see what happens i really wish i can flip these days but it is what it is um so while i was in an office all day the weather was awesome i did get to go outside and eat lunch so hooray for me i guess but all in all i'm kind of getting screwed with the weather this weekend, but uh, it should be fun regardless. I'm just going, doing an overnight in Belmar, New Jersey. For those who know Belmar, I probably won't go to DJ's. DJ's is like this kind of Guido staple. It's like a, it's right on the beach, and it's this uh, nightclub-y bar restaurant type of thing. Like you can get a drink outside. It's actually kind of nice. Um, they do happy hours, but then they're all, there's also this nightclub, and some characters roll up into that place. Um, it's yeah, it's straight out. It's a bunch of snookies, bunch of situations, and then there's the scaled down version of that, which is like, you know, without the fake tan and the 
excessive spiky hair gel, but um, the same kind of mentality, I guess. And they generally are always rocking some like Jordan 3s. They usually have an over manicured goatee of some sort. They kind of go to the gym. You know, they're like a little brolic, but they're not like super brolic because you can tell they get hammered on weekends and drink a lot and eat a lot of fried food. They're kind of brolic, um, but they really focus on manicuring that goatee and getting it like like sharp as possible. You know, they get a clean fade usually, like a one to a two on the on the on the buzzer. And they got the same mentality as Ronnie or the situation, you know. But they don't have all the eccentric outerwear. Um, so, yeah, it's DJs in Belmar. I will not be going there. But, I will, but Belmar is a cool place. Um, not too Guido-y except that place. And there's some cool stuff on the boardwalk. Got your boardwalk pizza. It's the birthplace of... Playa Bowls, which is one of my favorite places. It's one of these uh, acai bowl chains, but it's a really good one. It's better than some of the other ones I've tried out. And they have one in my hometown of Montclair, New Jersey, holler. Um, so that's how I've known about it. But then I learned later that it started in Belmar. And it started um, by a group, I believe, out of Rutgers Business School, my alma mater. So holla to that as well state school represent what it is um so yeah that's my weekend that's why i'm doing this episode a bit early i'll be honest with you i'm not prepared at all i realized today that my schedule is gonna be tight and i should probably do this today i have a window to do it tomorrow as well but i figured and what the heck let's let's just do this sucker today if anyone made that cookie recipe that I talked about last episode, hit me up. I want to know how it went. I made too many last week, so I'm taking a little break, but I'm going to get back on it soon and perfect the craft, if you know what I mean. Uh, there's been some interesting stories breaking out over the past couple days since the last episode I did, or four days, I guess, five days. Nothing too crazy, but uh, one thing that really caught my attention is this ongoing battle, I guess, between Apple and Spotify. Oh, my God. I don't know if you guys read about it, but, like, Tim Cook, CEO of Apple, fucking toolbox, he came out recently kind of shitting on Spotify, throwing a lot of shade at them, saying, like, how... Spotify using algorithms for their playlist kind of like takes the soul out of the music and he makes Apple use human curation because it's supposedly better and more authentic and yada 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 actually let me let me dig up exactly what he said okay so do 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 okay yeah so Tim Cook was saying we at Apple worry about the humanity being drained out of music we at apple worry about the humanity being drained out of music about it becoming a bits and bytes kind of world instead of the art and the craft 
this motherfucker has some nerve. Apple saying that? Out of all of the people that can shit on Spotify. And trust me, don't get me wrong. I have my issues with Spotify as well. And the way they rip off artists. Do not get me wrong. But if there's anybody who is in no position to talk about humanity being drained out of music and talking about the music industry becoming a bits and bytes kind of world. It's the CEO of fucking Apple. A CEO, by the way, whose reputation is that he is killing the company to the point where you have pretty big influencers like Gary Vaynerchuk, who has no real, I mean, at least publicly, no real beef with Apple, saying how investment-wise he would bet on Mark Zuckerberg and Jeff Bezos every time over Apple because Tim Cook hasn't shown he's a visionary at all and the other guys have and how they think more from like a long-term standpoint and what's going to make money over 10 years, not 10 months and all that stuff. Like, Tim Cook has not shown his worth at all as a CEO. At all. Um, I mean, I, I feel like I rant about Apple on this podcast almost every episode at this point. Last week with my fucking dongle not working, which is still a problem, by the way. It's still happening. Just today, I was trying to listen to... Um, trying to listen to some podcasts some i'm a big mma fan surprise surprise um i listen to a lot of like mixed martial arts podcasts so i was listening to this mma podcast and then my fucking podcast kept cutting in like because i had my headphones on and i was moving around i was walking i was coming home from work it just kept switching to my podcast like i made that shit i already listened to it when i was editing I'm not trying to listen to my own shit over and over again. So that's still happening. And now when that happens, I just think of Tim Cook's fucking old-ass papier-mâché face. And then I hear him talking about this shit. I am so done with Apple. Like, it sucks because I'm a product designer by day, UX designer, whatever you want to call it. And... uh a lot of the software I use at work is only made for Apple. So like professionally to make money as of now, I'm handicapped and I have to use Apple. I mean, they give me an Apple computer, but also when it comes to music production, you can use Windows, but I've only used Apple and Apple at least 10 years ago always had superior audio drivers to Windows plus the whole virus thing so i'm just always been using apple and it was great you know when steve jobs was alive i felt like the shit when i was in high school and college hell yeah i had that apple snob thing going on but now i'm like do i really even want to stay on apple like i really really the past five years i've been extremely and thoroughly disappointed in apple as a company and then, like, this year they had such a huge opportunity to, to kind of 
make an impact. I guess last year now, actually, whenever, yeah, when they introduced uh, the iPhone X, you know, that they had a real opportunity there. And the X was a flop because, like, they didn't offer anything. They had OLED screens, which Androids have had for years now, and facial recognition, which fucking sucks and isn't even what Apple wants to do. They can't figure out what they actually want to do, which is um, which is the thumb recognition, but not on a button on the full screen. Um, so they just slapped in the facial recognition thing. I usually open my phone in my pocket with my thumb. Now, if I were to get an iPhone X, I have to take it out and scan my fucking face. How, what board of directors approve that? I don't understand. The older I get when it comes to working in companies, the more I realize how not impressive upper management teams generally are. Like, I still always give upper management teams the benefit of the doubt when I come into a place. But fuck, they do a great job at coming across as not impressive. And normally, see, see, the thing is, it's tricky. It's not how they act and their demeanor and, like, when you talk with them. They usually come across as very polished, very smart, um, use a lot of big words, and corporate speak, and, you know, it's all about synergy and execution. Let's uh, establish our goals and our risks here. Oh, Jim, let's put that in a parking lot and revisit Thursday. Like, they're very good with that horse shit, but, like... When it comes to the actual behavioral decision-making, stuff that you can just see happen and on a binary level tell whether it was good or bad, pass or fail, there is some dumb-ass decision-making going on in companies all over the world. I mean, just in New York City alone, in my very limited understanding of business in this city, the company I work at, some of the decisions, I was just talking to my friend today about this, I'm just like, how the fuck did not only the upper management of this company, but the board of directors that have, like, people on it who are investors from big banks all think this was a good idea? Um... What I was talking about was company I work for has an operations department and then has a corporate department and they have a new headquarters and it's one big facility that they're trying to pretend is like a campus like Apple or Google or some big tech campus. But it's in a pretty undesirable area to work and there's absolutely no reason for corporate and operations to be in the same workspace. There's They're literally other than maybe a very few select amount of employees, like zero cross-pollination overlap. Um, But they do it anyway because it's probably cheaper. But they're going to make it really hard on themselves to recruit corporate employees in a market as competitive when it comes to hiring talent as New York City is. And I'm like, how the fuck was this never vetted? Like, how did this... Because I told um, my team, I'm like, I will put money down right now in a bet that we're eventually going to open up a corporate office somewhere else. 
Like, there's no way this is sustainable long term. And uh, I, who knows how long it's going to take? Who who knows how long I'm going to stay working there? Because I do like working there on my team. But uh, I don't know. Just corporate C-level decision-making sometimes boggles my mind. And then to have Tim Cook come out and say this shit and not have the Apple PR team be like, maybe your old ass shouldn't be saying this, Tim Cook. You know, maybe people might not buy this shtick of Apple being anti-algorithm and more humanistic with its curation choices. Like, you really think people are going to buy that shit? That something has to be internally with Apple desperate and they're just using these fucking desperation tactics to like, I don't know, maybe spin something. Like he has to have a major blind spot in his understanding of the American consuming public or the world consuming public for that matter to actually say this shit and think it's going to like work and like, people's bullshit meters this day and age is very good. In the past 10 years, 20 years, it's way better than it's ever been. And probably, um, in terms of level of improvement of seeing through bullshit, you know, had a more drastic improvement than any other time in history. So there's no way people are going to look at this and not see this as, you know pot calling the kettle black basically but whatever it probably has to do more with you know tim using spotify and having his fucking kenny g playlist not work or some shit probably rocking out some hall and oats and like had the track skip he probably uses the free version right he's not paying the ten dollars a month neither am i to be honest but uh you know, he probably saw the shitty ads that interrupted mid-song, maybe. There was a glitch or something mid-song into, like, his Spin Doctors playlist or his Third Eye Blind playlist. And he probably got pissed and threw a fit. That's my guess, at least. Anyway, enough about fucking Apple. Although this might become a segment just called, like, fucking Apple or something. I don't know. I feel like I talk about them so much these days, like, I should just make it some sort of segment. But anyway, yeah, man, lots of corporate buffoonery going on in this world. And the thing is, is um, Citigroup just released a report recently saying artists only got 12% of all of the money that the music industry made last year um so like spotify's and apple music's and all that shit ate up all the money and most of so this is up so one thing they pointed out is that actually the 12 percent is way higher than in the year 2000 i don't know why they referenced 2000 because that's like a really long time 17 years ago from when this report is about 2017 not 2018 uh, so 17, or no, 18 years ago, if it's the year 2000. Um, I don't know what, why the big jump in the article I read, at least. But, uh, yeah, so it was $43 billion total made in the music industry this year. And the artist got 12% of that, which 
is probably what somewhere around 500 million ish but what that Citigroup report pointed out was that the reason why it went from 7% to 12% is mostly due to artists reshaping how they hustle and getting money from concerts and thing like things like that it's not like Spotify and Apple Music have saved artists when it comes to revenue generation compared to the CD age. And what's also funny is 2000. That's like right smack in the middle of the Napster area where for the first time, you know, CD sales were were plummeting hard and the music industry had no idea what was going on and how to fix it. So that makes total sense that they're getting more revenue than in 2000. That's not a good year for comparison. Um, that was basically the apex of when that paradigm was shifting. But uh, regardless, it's just funny to me when it comes to that Apple thing, this Citigroup report just came out. Uh, but I am happy that artists seem to be recovering and how to make profit again and seem to be doing their own thing in more of like an entrepreneurship sort of way with uh, product partnerships touring merch etc um they seem to be getting better at that and technology is benefiting them because it's a lot easier to set up e-commerce online than it used to be so you can scale your merch sales and everything on a much higher level than back in the 90s but one thing that would be interesting is whether or not all of this means comparable sales to when CDs were still killing it or not. That would be an interesting study in comparison. I would guess it might be better for like mid-level artists and new artists and probably worse for humongous names that would go like seven times platinum or whatever back in the day. It's an interesting, interesting question that I want to maybe dig into someday. Um, speaking of music, I finally got through all of Astro World, which I talked about last episode a bit. I would say it's about what I initially thought, about an eight. It's a good record. Sat on it a bit. One thing that I keep saying is like, on Twitter and Instagram, people were proclaiming him to be like the this generation's Kanye West. And what's funny about that is it's really obvious. Well, what's funny is on top of the fact that he's, uh, you know, making babies with a Kardashian, He his album also has some super clear influences for, um from the past two Kanye albums, particularly Life of Pablo. It sounded very overall Life of Pablo-ish on the production side to the point where that kind of choiry, falsetto-y choir, no, not falsetto, just like choiry female vocal that's on like Wolves, for example, on Life of Pablo, that comes up multiple times on Astroworld. And I'm like, oh, this is like he's doing the Kanye thing. So what's funny is he is kind of 
coming up the same way as Kanye, does the production, does the rapping, getting better as a rapper, and having similar production. Kanye has a lot of ghost producers, so I'm wondering if a lot of those producers also were either ghost producers or actual producers on Astro World. I never really looked at the production credits. I'm going to do that right now, actually. Mm, track listing, writers. Oh, man. They just say everyone's name. They don't have their... Oh, wait, here we go. Here we go. Sunny Digital. Murder Beats. I'm not seeing any of the Kanye collaborators that I know of, but I don't know all of these producers, so maybe there is some crossover. Who knows? But, um, yeah, I'm sticking with my opinion. It's about an 8, 8.2, I think, is what I said last week, and I'm sticking to that. It's a good album. Also in the news... <laughs> I don't usually talk about these types of like new school SoundCloud rappers because I'm just not really into it to be honest. Like, can't knock the hustle and everything. Um, well, I guess I talked about XXX Tentacion, but uh, yeah, seeing Takashi Six Nine, um, some news with him right now came out today. Uh, where is it? Oh yeah, so. He is on trial for sentencing in October um, regarding his, like, underage sex thing, if you know about that. Um, And the DA is recommending prison time and registration as a sex offender. If that happens... Man, I just, I have no, I mean, I'm surprised he's as big as he is, to be honest. I don't fucking get it. But, and I'm sounding like an old man talking. I usually get, like, I get it on one level. I get his marketing. I've seen his Instagram videos. Like, I can see why he sort of blew up. Because what he did was basically, in my estimation, took the kind of, like, insane clown posse, over-the-top eccentricism with the crazy hair and with face paint and took that I mean they built up more of like a country audience um, to be nice but he applied the same kind of strategy plus being super in your face on social media um, applied it more to like a New York hood shit kind of vibe and got a lot of face tattoos instead of wearing face paint so I get why it works. It's taking something that was pushed to the limit as far as like gangster rap culture and then borrowing something that worked in another industry or or not another industry, but like to another demographic, which is what Insane Clown Posse originally did um, by taking hip hop and catering more to a different demographic. So I get why it works, but it's obnoxious as fuck but uh you know he's one of these guys that you know you can you can go through life in a marathon or a sprint and at least in his ascension you know and based on 
how it seems with him, the amount of beefs he's involved with and everything, you know, he's doing the sprint and he's not doing a sprint. He's taking fucking steroids and trying to beat Usain Bolt in the Olympics kind of sprinting. And when you do that, sometimes shit can backfire. So it's going to be interesting to see if he has to face like jail time or register as a sex offender because I don't know how you can maintain your career as a popular rapo rapper rapo jesus rapper with such bravado when you're also a registered sex offender like that's a hard sell to me i don't know man i mean you know i'm not trying to hate on the dude but that is gonna be hard to overcome plus if he's in jail for a little bit he can't do his instagram stories and all that shit um gonna be tough man gonna be tough but uh i saw that today in the news and usually you know it's a little bit out of my out of my sector but it's the front page of pitchfork right now like if you go to pitchfork.com right now it's what shows up so figured i'd touch on it um anything else anything else we're about a half hour in now 28 minutes um oh yes yeah, elon musk thing about to take Tesla private again. That's pretty interesting. It's a bold move. Bold move. Reprivatize Tesla. I know he didn't want to take it public in the first place. That was kind of like a last resort because they were running out of money. And he's definitely a dude that likes to be in control and do things more behind the scenes. Um, he's been kind of vocal in a really weird way on Twitter. And he's a pretty vocal dude in general. I think he likes the spotlight, but I don't think he likes all of the baloney that comes with running a public company. Quarterly calls about earnings. Um, you know, obviously, people shorting the stock. I mean, that's like half of his tweets or rants about that. Um, and then just the hype machine of the stock market. So, like, your, you know, the general welfare of your company having fairly extremish volatility being attached to it just based on like fluff and hype and stuff like that so i can see why he's frustrated but i don't know it's an interesting move we'll see if he's bluffing and he's doing this just to up the stock or if he actually follows through um and I don't really have that much to say about it, but I do think it's an e- interesting play if it does happen. And I wanna, I wanna see if Tesla goes private again. And I also want to see if Tesla continues to grow, or if when other car companies get on the train, whether it, it hurts their long-term success. Like, I think Ford recently came out, and they're making a similar car to Tesla, so I want to see what happens there with price point and efficiency and how it affects Tesla. But uh, I'm not really a car guy, so it's just something that caught my eye. But anyway, is that it? Oh, and in terms of general announcements... I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a little break when it comes to recording, but I'm still putting these out every Monday. So this is coming out on the 13th, and then I will have one 
out was that the 20th but I'm going on vacation that week so I'm not sure what I'm doing yet I might record an episode before I go to Vermont and Montreal getting my poutine on um or I might just do I might use Anchor so I use Anchor like a lot of podcasts do for distribution I don't record on Anchor because I have my own way of doing it that I have templatized and everything set up nice and all my levels and shit are exactly what I want in my software. So I don't record on Anchor, but maybe what I'll do is if I don't record an episode um, before I leave, if uh, just the timing doesn't make sense, I might try out Anchor's uh, recording feature on their app when I'm up in Vermont, maybe like in the woods or some shit. And I might just basically live demo that as an episode. The quality is going to be worse than what you're used to. Um, but it might just make the most sense. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, if you guys have any questions, feel free to email on notrocketscienceshow at gmail.com or DM on Insta. I'm probably the most active or not probably definitely the most active on insta out of all the social media channels that's nrs underscore show and twitter it's the same thing so yeah reach out if you have any questions any topics you want me to touch up on and uh that's about it hope you guys have a good week and i'll talk to y'all soon take it easy peace